0: Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club Special Edition. Our goal is to share our passion for elite running and offer some tips to make your running better than ever. We do that uniquely by sharing the views of a certified coach and an athlete. Today, we'll talk about some indoor track and field. And there was a really high profile 5,000 this weekend, which was very interesting. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about tempo runs, what they are and how you execute them. I am your host, uh, coach Dean Thompson and joining me today is my favorite running conversation partner, Co Booker. How are things in the Midwest these days, Co? Good.
1: We've had some warm temperatures. Um, so the snow's starting to melt. Uh, one of the paths I like to run on, it's actually blocked by a, a just a little gate and you can swing it open, but right now it's still covered in snow on the bottom. So I can't oh. get through. Uh, it's like, I, there's ways to get around it, but you can't cut straight through. Um, so that was the discovery I, I found out tonight. I figured I could go out there, but it wasn't happening, but dog on it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be gone by the weekend.
0: Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah, we've we, it's warmed up a little bit here, but uh it was a little chillier today, so uh but I think it's going to warm back up this week. I think today was the low. So, hopefully things get better. All right, so we had a track meet this weekend. Um the BU 5000, the Boston University track is known as perhaps the fastest indoor track in the world at this point, I guess. Uh you know, they talk about it. Um I, you know, I'm a little skeptical of particular tracks being so much faster than others. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I read that paper. um, I think it was a physicist made where he talked specifically about BU and why it's so fast. But one of the more interesting parts I found uh was he he talked specifically about the angle and how the angle is designed to make certain paces be the most efficient because when you're running certain paces, you don't have to put any force laterally to turn, I think. Yeah. The main point, and so maybe it's something about BU where they have their angle just right to where, depending on the race, if maybe if it's a thirteen flat five k, you're running the right speed. I can't remember what he said the optimum speed is on the BU track, but it's it's there's a lot of science behind it. It was cool to read.
0: But, must be conducive to the longer races because yeah. it seems like the longer races do better there than the shorter yeah, ones. Definitely,
1: so, yeah. It's either it's that or you've got more laps, so more time to, to have efficiency from the track. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Well, in this 5,000 this weekend, um, we had a, a big, you know, it wasn't long ago that on that very same track, we had a a, a NCAA uh, standard set um, with Graham Blanks from Harvard. Uh, and then this past weekend, it did, he, he didn't get to hang on to it too long. Before Nico Young from Northern Arizona University came by and beat it this weekend and was the first NCAA guy under 13 minutes running 1257, which is also that's what eight seconds under the Olympic standard. So uh pr- pretty outstanding. Um Now, I've read that he's not sure if he's going to run the 5K or the 10K for the Olympic trials when they come up because he hasn't run a 10K yet. So, uh, he doesn't know how he's going to do in a 10K. So what, what are your fears? You think he'll do better in a 10K? You think 5K is his thing? What do you think?
1: I don't know. I mean, um, he hasn't necessarily looked like the class of the field. Am I misremembering round, But I don't think he's won a cross 10K title. Has he? He's come second he quite a lot. Yeah.
0: No, he's been up in there, up there, but I mean, he's, um, he's
1: always, even, even as a freshman, he was a factor. He's just never won. Um, yeah, so I don't yeah. know. Maybe, uh, Maybe 5k is a sweet spot right now. Um, as it he be. develops aerobically, I mean, I've seen some of the workouts he's been doing and it seems like he's got the foot speed to hang with any 5k guy. So
0: yeah, but he doesn't have the foot speed to run a 1500. You know, it's, he seems yeah. like he's that, that strength, guy. a little bit like Jakob, you know, yeah, he, he's got, he's that, it's that in between thing. You now Jakob makes up for it because he's so doggone strong, but, uh, yeah, 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 he doesn't seem to have a ton of speed either. Well, not only is his name young. But he is young. Um His coach, Mike Smith, man, he has really done a great job with managing the expectations because Nico Young was a big name in high school. I mean, he, we had lots of huge expectations for him come out of high school and he, he did a good job. You know, his freshman year wasn't great, but but over time, he's just steadily improved and he's learned how to handle all these pressures really well, don't you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, he always seems, he's always been that guy even coming. I mean, there was never really a question the way he came out of high school and how he transitioned to Northern Arizona was, was he as good as everyone thought as advertised? Um, and it's always kind of seemed like he's been that good, you know, and he's continued to grow.
0: Yeah. Well, he seems that he's that way now. So what do you think about the NCAA five, five thousand going to have Nico against Graham?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a nuts race. I, I think I'm partial to Graham at this point, just cause the, the cross country finish. Um, I think in a, in a close, I think Graham can outkick Nico, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see.
0: You think, I think Graham can beat Nico from further out, but I, f- I think if it comes down to the last hundred meters, I think Nico can beat Graham.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I guess Graham is kind of more of a grinder than Nico is. So I, I mean, he's going to try. I mean, yeah, I, I was listening to one of his interviews talking about the cross title and he said he wanted to take it early earlier than yeah. most people would and try and make him hurt. So um, I think Graham is slowly developing his finishing speed, I think. But yeah, yeah um, if he, if he figures out that puzzle piece, it's going to be hard to beat from anyone.
0: Well, one thing's for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a few other guys, you know, that, are, that aren't that are going to just sit back and let those two guys battle by themselves either. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great year for the 5,000 and, and yeah. the NCAAs for sure. Well it turns out that Nico Young didn't win that five K with, with that twelve fifty seven. Uh that went to Adrian Wildscoot. Well I've heard it pronounced Wild Scoot. I've heard Wild Shoot. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. But yeah. uh <laughs> Adrian Wildscoot, uh, he's from South Africa. Um, he ran at Florida State. What was it last year he graduated? Year before last?
1: Uh, I think it was two years ago.
0: Been, been within the last couple of years. Um, but that was a South African record for him. Um, what do you run? 1256, I think was what won it. So he just, he finished just ahead of Nico. Um, kind of beat him on, on that last kick. So, um, congratulations to him. Um, they had two heats, which was interesting. They didn't want to crowd one big heat. and They had so many big names at this meet that they had two basically headline races. Um, they just split them down the middle and tried to make them even. Edwin Kergott won the second heat, which was a surprise to me. I didn't expect that. Um He ran 12.57. Um, Jared Neguse, uh in that one ran 12, 13.02. Um, was that a surprise to you?
1: No, I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's the best runner, distance runner in the US right now, middle distance, distance bar bar none, I think. Um, uh, it was, I don't even know what his 5k PR would have been in college if it was his pro 5k debut, but I'm, I thought he had a good shot at winning. I think a lot of people did too.
0: Yeah. I thought so too. And you know, with his mile speed, you would, you would think he had a, had a good chance to win in a kick and, and he didn't, but, uh, Yared seemed to be happy with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think his, um, his coach, uh, Ritzenheim seemed to believe that he could run somewhere around 1250, um, if everything, you know, kind of fell into place and maybe it didn't, you know, maybe it was one of those days where he didn't feel it, but it, you know, he felt like he grinded pretty good. So I don't know. Jared Nagoose, for those that don't know, he is the American record holder in the mile. He ran 343 last year and so he's he's fast he's super super (laughs) fast and and you're right he is the class of of american middle distance running right now so um i was a little surprised i really thought he would win that heat um abdi nur uh, another guy who um has been running really good he got the the olympic standard two and ran 1303 um those are the guys that kind of stuck out to me as far as the ones that that i felt like did pretty well uh one name that I know you and I talked about um Woody Kincaid. Uh, you know the 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 US, US champion, right? Uh five K? Yeah. Yep, And And thirteen fifteen was not not really in it. Um I mean he was out of it by three K and um you know, just wasn't a factor. Are you worried about Woody Woody Kincaid?
1: No, I'm I'm not really worried about him. I mean it'll be interesting to see. I think uh some of the jokes I saw are people saying he didn't have clecker to hang on to and then i kick in the last hundred so he didn't know what he was looking for in that race um but uh i, I think he'll be fine i think he, he's been around long enough he knows when to peak and when not to peak it's it's january yeah. you know he's he's looking for the olympics so
0: yeah he does seem to be a smart a smart racer for sure for sure and clecker clecker didn't run the greatest race either you know, no, after running as well engaged, as he but. did last year, Um and they're both Dath- Dathan Ritzenhein guys. They're, uh, you know, on Athletic Club has has done a he's uh, Dathan's done a fantastic job, I think. Yeah. Um, and he had some he had some runners who did really well in the, in these races. Jordy Beamish, you know, he ran an eight second PR. Um, You know, he's a steepler or at least a, a fairly new to steeple, but but has did really well last year and it finished fifth, I think, at World yeah. Championships. And so, um. You know, with an eight second PR and a 5K, it looks like he's going to get stronger there. So yeah. he's, he's a metal threat for sure now. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, he may decide to run a, run the 5K now that he's, he's that fast in the 5K. Who knows? Uh, I hope he I'd sticks be, with the steeple.
1: Yeah. I'd be surprised if he steps away from the steeple. I don't know if 1304 means as much in a 5K as, you know, whatever he can pop off in a steeple at this point.
0: That's so. true. That's true. Um, and then, uh, Morgan McDonald ran 1307, which was another pretty good, uh, pretty big PR. For an yeah. OAC guy. So, um, good to see the guys at on doing well. Dathan Ritzenhine is a pretty cool dude. Um, I like him. We ran in, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you that. If I ever told you the story, I was, I was on an airplane. We were at the, uh, club nationals cross country championships yeah. and we're on a plane and, um, Debbie, there was a guy sitting between Debbie and I for whatever reason. They assigned the seats that way. Debbie starts talking to this guy. Well, the guy looks like a runner. Sure enough, it turns out he's a runner. Um and and um uh oh my gosh, his name just jumped out of my head. Finished fifth at the Boston Marathon and um uh oh his name I've lost his name. Anyway, they start talking and Debbie's like, Hey, do you want to switch spots? Um so that I could sit next to him. So I went over and sat next to him. We had a really short flight, it was like forty five minutes. We were going yeah. from Spokane to uh Seattle. And um so I, I kind of picked his brain for a little bit, and anyway, we we I, and then I la- I left him alone, and we we were getting close to touching down, and I said, hey, uh, how about uh, can, would you mind if we take a picture with you in the uh airport when we get out when we get off? He's like, no, no, no problem, that's no problem, man. So super super nice guy, and uh, so we get off, and as we're going down the jetway, he says to me, he says, well, let me introduce you to my training partner, and so as we. Exit the jetway. He says, let me introduce you to my training partner, Dathan Ritzenheim. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. You yeah. know, I was starstruck because, you know, Dathan Ritzenheim courses is, is, is distance running royalty in the United States. So, uh, it was pretty cool to get a chance to meet him. So I've got a pretty cool picture of the four of us. He and he and, uh, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Oh, I feel so bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, there was another race in, in this at Boston too. The, uh, mile was, was great. There were 340 guys in the mile. 340. Yeah. They ran 24 heats of the mile. That's, yeah, That's incredible. a couple incredible. hours to get through all those mile heats. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Colin Solomon, I think we've been looking for him, right? To, yeah. to do well his freshman year at Northern Arizona. He, you know, he, he was kind of off the radar a pretty good bit. Um, just kind of a, an also ran, but man, he ran 353 and I, you know, he beat the likes of Craig Angles, um, uh, and, uh, the Canadian guy at that Thibodeau or uh, however you say his name.
1: Yeah. Thibaut.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's impressive. It's impressive. So, uh, we've got another guy coming up on the, uh, in the mile now to maybe going to give, uh, Yared, uh, a run for his money, huh? Uh, you think there's any chance of that?
1: Uh this year no. <laughs> I no? don't think anyone in the US <laughs> is, is ch- I mean um maybe a threat to make the team. I guess we'll have to see how his uh how his season progresses. I mean I think two spots are pretty locked up as of now in my head, it's Yard and Cole Hawker. But um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I don't know. if, I co- mean, if
0: Cole Hawker can stay healthy.
1: If Cole Hawker can stay healthy, I mean the next guy up I would think um I don't know, maybe Prekel or uh uh Hobbs yeah. Kessler. You
0: know, yeah, know. yeah, but, but yeah. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. That third spot, especially is going to be, yeah. going to be tough. It's going to be up for grabs for sure. Uh, well, here's something that I didn't know. That, that, you know, I was a big Eamon Coglin fan back in the day, right? Eamon Coughlin set the indoor record, the European indoor record. Actually, it was the world record at the time for the indoor mile back in 1983. Um, he ran 349 in 83. He was the first guy under 350 in, indoors. And they called him Chairman of the Boards. He was a lot of fun to watch run. He was an Irish guy. He still has the Irish, uh, the uh, European record for the mile since 1983. With all the the shoes and all the the European guys that we've had run since then, he still has the fastest indoor time. That says a lot about that time from back then, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's nuts to run that fast back to. I mean, all the tech we've had increasing since then. Like, uh, you know, you put them. It's always interesting to think about, you know, if you put someone from back then in those, in the shoes and the surface we have now, what would they run?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Well, Moketeer went out and tried to break his record intentionally and, and came up a little short, ran 351 though. So he's, he, that's the fastest mile of the year. So, um, he, he ran pretty well. Now there was a guy who was fairly close to him at another race at the University of Washington. Luke Hauser ran, uh, 351 for University of Washington. Uh, did that surprise you?
1: No, I mean, those Washington guys have been doing it for two, three years now at this point. I mean, they, they always have seven or eight guys. It feels like under four and it's, yeah, they've got a squad.
0: How would you feel to run a, to be able to run a 359 mile and be seventh or eighth on your team?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd be upset or happy that I'm on a good team. Um,
0: yeah, yeah that certainly it. helps in training, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I'm our eighth best guy. I've run 354.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Centro ran that too. Uh, Matthew Centrowitz, who's, you know, a, a former uh, Olympic champion. Yep. And, um, he ran 359. Do you think that means something good or something bad? What do you, what do you, what, how do you read that? Uh, you think Centro's done?
1: I don't think he's done. I think he's got another shot. Um, I think he's, uh, like we talked about with, uh, Woody Kincaid, it's January. He's been around for forever. He knows, he knows when to peak. Um, it's going to keep getting harder as he gets older. You know, time's not on his side. Um and so I I mean, I think he's got a shot but to to potentially, you know, make the team come summer, but it's going to it's going to take some doing.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh I, I don't like his chances, but I would love to see him make it just for yeah. sentimental reasons. He's the sure. smartest guy on the track. Yep. When it comes to racing ta- yep. tactically, there's nobody better. He yep. he always seems to be in the right place. It's 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 insane.
1: He's the opposite of Ingles.
0: And and, and and Hawker.
1: Yeah, and Hawker. Yeah. yeah. At least Hawker, he's usually spit out the back. But Ingles is always, you know, somewhere in the middle of the pack, but boxed in. So
0: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, there were a couple of American women that ran well this weekend too. I know we've talked a lot about all the men and we're not, we're not just singling out just the men. It just so happened this weekend that the big races happen to be men's races, but a couple of American women ran well. Josette Andrews and Courtney Wayment both uh, got the Olympic 5K standard. They ran 1446 and 1449, uh, which is, which is more than respectable. Um, I think both maybe top 10 times for, uh, United States women. They're pretty close to it, if not. Um, so that was a really good job from both of them. I saw the picture of Josette Andrews and she, I, she seemed genuinely surprised to have run that fast. Um, which is always good to see. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a big morale booster when you run that yeah. fast. Uh, there's still a little ways from being competitive on the world stage, but you know, it's still like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's early. Uh, And you know, maybe I sure would like to see the, our women get, get more competitive in the international stage. Well, I'd like to see our men get more competitive too. (laughs) You know, I mean, really would. Now Nagoose is there. yeah. Uh, but, but past Nagoose, I, you know, I don't know. We've, we've had some, some women in the steeple that have been really good. But, uh, nothing over the 800. We've really been, been great with, uh, with the women. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, Shelby had the year before she got popped, uh, where she was running really, really well, but. That's true. um, We'll see how she comes back next year, but.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. Well, and then the Oregon, University of Oregon women ran the second fastest DMR in history. That's the distance medley relay if you're listening and don't know what the, what that means. Um, she missed the, uh, the NCAA record or they missed the NCAA record by less than a second. The NCAA records held by Washington. It really surprised me. I didn't realize that Washington had such a good DMR team. Did you?
1: No, I, 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 what year was that?
0: I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look it up, but I, yeah. I just saw that Washington has the record and I thought that's, that's interesting. Uh, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the men had the record, um, with all the <laughs> middle distance uh folks they've got there but um but I didn't realize the women were so good so uh that was interesting so uh but but good for the University of Oregon women um to have run that fast so yeah so maybe next week uh we'll talk more about women's running if uh there happens to be more uh notable performances on the women's side so we'll see Upward Sports Run for God Run Club is the best way to stay motivated for your fitness journey and your faith journey. You get these weekly podcasts, but there is so much more. We have proven training plans available for you, whether you're just at the beginning of your fitness quest or you've been running for 20 years. We have something for everyone and it doesn't matter where you are with God either. We have something for you there too. If you're not a member, join today at runforgod.com. It is the best value you will find.. All right, we're back and um, we wanted this week we try to talk about some technical things. So this week we wanted to talk about tempo runs. And what is a tempo run? when, I, when you say the, when I say the words tempo run, what does it mean to you though?
1: Uh, I don't like the term tempo run because it can mean a billion different things to a billion different people. Um, I, I would tend to think probably threshold is what most people are referring to, or at least maybe in my head. I don't know if that's, that's why it's such an ambiguous term that I don't like. Um, everyone has a different definition. It seems
0: like, well, you probably, you probably have that in your head because I probably put it there because that's (laughs) what I think about. And you'll in high school, we did, we did tempo runs. We did them at threshold pace. And so That's probably why that, that's in, in your head. And it is mine too. I, I use the words interta- interchangeably a lot, tempo run and threshold run. And I hear somebody talking about a, you know, a 16 mile tempo run. I'm like, you can't do a tempo run for 16 miles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but they mean something a little bit different and and that's okay. It's okay. I think about it. It's a lot like, uh, fartlick. You know, a lot of people use the term fartlek, yeah. And to me, the term fartlek means you're running at all sorts of different speeds and different distances. Um, that's the classic use of the word fartlek. But some people will run like, you know, for for twenty minutes they'll run two minutes on, one minute off, and they'll call that a fartlek run. Ah. Uh. Well, in my head, that's not a fartlek run. That's an interval workout. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it it's all it all just depends on how you look at it. And it's, and listen, I'm not picking on anybody who uses a, a different way of saying it. It's all fine and good as long as we know what each other's saying, right? Yep. That's that's the main thing. So. Um, and, but right now when you talk about tempo or threshold, well, as we were talking about, that's kind of the, the big, the big word now, except with one word in front of it, right? Double threshold. Um, we're hearing that, that term over and over and over again, because apparently in Norway, that's their, that's their deal, right? Is to do double threshold work. So they, they do a, a threshold session in the morning and then they'll do a threshold session in the afternoon a lot of that work is split up so you know i usually think of a threshold run as you know a, a 4 mile run you know at at a particular pace um, but a lot of the stuff they do they'll do mile repeats or or something shorter um at that but at that same pace yep. and um anyway so some people i believe think that it that it all started there this whole idea of double threshold people have been doing double thresholds for a long time, since the sixties at least. Uh, so it's not a new thing, but it has, it has come in vogue lately, I guess. So, and I, and I think that maybe they've improved upon it a little bit. Uh, Maurice back in and, and that group, it's, is, is it Maurice? Is that right? Marius. Marius.
1: Yeah. I a M-A-R-I-U-S.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's tweaked it a little bit, made it a little bit better. Uh, have you tried double thresholds?
1: I've never tried double thresholds. I do a lot of single thresholds. Um, it's something I want to look into at one point. Uh, our, my college coach didn't really prescribe it. Um, but it's, it's something I've considered maybe doing post collegiately, but I got to get to a point in where I'm fit enough to where it makes sense. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I remember when I was 47 years old about what's that about 11 years ago, um, I had a really good year competitively. Uh that's the year I won the Myrtle Beach Marathon ran 239 in the marathon at 47 and I, I you know I was I had a really good year. Well that year the only workouts I did were tempo runs. That was it. Threshold work. That was the only thing I did and uh I had a great year that year so you know I think if I only had one workout to do that would probably be what I would do. So now a lot of people take like a a marathon pace run they'll call it a tempo run. Again you can call it whatever you want to. I like to call it a marathon pace run. Um, and of course there's other paces that people call tempo runs. I guess anything that's up tempo and faster than easy pace could potentially be called a tempo run, right? Yep. Yep. yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, the word tempo just state, you know, it's kind of a, a steady, a steady run to me. So maybe that's why, why that, that term is used so, so widely. Um, so, as far as paces go, and calculating that pace, you know what the professionals do is they take blood, and they they can see the amount of lactate that's in their blood, and they can tell exactly where they are pace wise whether they need to speed up or slow down to get right on that that pace. Which is interesting. I was uh, listening the other day to somebody talk about they, they are not too far away from having a continuous monitor. That you, that you wear on your arm so you can tell what your lactate level is at, at that moment. Can you imagine Uh, that could revolutionize training?
1: Yeah. Or at least we
0: think it can, right?
1: Yeah. Assuming it's not prohibitively expensive, it's expensive. It would, you know, um, make more precise threshold training open to everyone.
0: Yeah. It would. It would. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about the idea of getting my finger stuck every other lap seems crazy? Yeah. Sound interesting to you? Would you want to try it?
1: uh i'm not super interested in it um i think where it comes into play uh at least from some of marius's stuff i've read um it seems like he uses it a lot of times to tell athletes that they're running too fast because a lot of them will try and run way too quick and like, no, i know it's threshold effort and it's like well the numbers don't lie um so i think when you're doing that much volume and you're right on the edge of what's going to Get you fit enough without getting you injured. You do have to have some sort of backing to it. But I think if you're only doing single threshold, a couple workouts a week, I don't know if it's really necessary. You can you can run a little harder than you need to and not still not get injured.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a good point. Yeah, that's uh, and that's the thing about all of these paces is we all we have a tendency to look at okay threshold pace does this precise thing, and then easy runs do this precise thing and the truth is they all have bleed over effects and help in all other areas right if you if you can run good threshold runs well that's going to push your that's going to push the pace that you can run at a fast pace down a little bit so you can run a little faster for a little bit longer and that's great that's the whole idea but it's also going to make your easy runs a little bit easier too it's it's not going to be it's not just going to affect one one particular part of, of your running um so Uh, you know, I've always said, you know, I've done really well at times on nothing but easy runs. Um, because easy runs, you know, does, does a, uh, does something, um, to, to your blood and your, your passageways that, that is just absolutely critical to good running. And if you do a lot of long, easy stuff and vary the pace just a little bit, um, you can get an awful lot out of it. So. Uh, but the idea behind threshold running is this, is that there's, there is a point, your body produces a, a waste called lactate. And at some point in time, your body produces more lactate than your body can clear. That theoretically, that is your threshold is the point at which your la- lactate removal and your lactate production is exactly the same. That is supposed to be. And the idea is to stay just short of that. And run for as long as you can. And theoretically you push that pace so that you can run a little bit faster the next time. Um, that's the whole idea behind, uh, running threshold runs and it makes sense. Uh, it, it makes real good sense. The problem is again, it's imprecise. I, and, and, and again, to the, the point of the blood testing, I think it changes from day to day. Uh, now it may not change a lot. You know, if my tempo run pace, uh, threshold pace today is 610, um you know it may be 607 tomorrow but it's still going to be close yeah. you know just going to be winning a few seconds and so uh I don't know about you I'm not good enough to make it exactly at 610 anyway I'm probably going to run 607 608 anyway Yeah so yeah so I I think it's I think it's all good now where do you get those um those those paces that you run at I use the Jack Daniels stuff just because it's easy. Um, I like the Jack Daniels stuff because it's simple. He only has four paces. Uh, he has easy marathon pace. Thre- well, he's got five paces: threshold pace, interval pace, and repetition pace. And um, it, that makes it easy to to understand. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there. They'll have ten different paces that they run at, and as I said, they all bleed into each other, and that's fine. But I just like the idea of simplicity. Um I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm on along the same way. Um, my college coach would always use the V dot t- calculator to to figure out cases, yeah. putting in race results and figuring out you know, thresholds and stuff. It was always yeah. I don't know if I if I liked or didn't like when we'd be waiting to start our threshold workout and need to have a sheet of all of our paces and he'd be like well since you ran faster this weekend you got to run five thirties on your threshold miles now it's like oh come on
0: <laughs> but uh, you know yeah that's that's th- yeah that's that's theoretically that's supposed to be the way it works
1: right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was listening to a guy this weekend talk about the four different thresholds, and and there are four different thresholds based on the things he was talking about. But that it just gets so complicated sometimes yeah. that I think we overthink it. Um, but there are a lot of other places. The Vdot thing is good because they have an app. So it's really really easy, uh, but you know McMillan has one, Higden has one, Burfoot has one, Tin Man has one. They're, they're, everybody's got one of these calculators, and they're all pretty close to the same. They're not exactly the same, but they're close. So uh, yeah, you just got to pick one and go with it. I think you can also use heart rate. You know the the word is is that uh, running at threshold pace is about eighty five to ninety percent of your your maximum heart rate. I'm not a big fan of heart rate training. I don't know about you. Have you ever done any heart rate stuff?
1: No, Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like heart, there's so much more that goes into heart rate that's not just pace, uh, pace, uh, you know, where you're at in your, your training cycle. What's your yeah. recovery like? How, how did you sleep last night? I, uh, it just seems a little too, uh, pseudoscience-y to try and say this is how I'm going to be, my heart rate's going to be every day when I run this exact same pace when it's just not true.
0: Yeah, well, that's the whole idea is that, you know, theoretically, according to the heart rate folks, that uh, you should be running different paces from day to day based because of your heart, because your heart rate is different yeah. from day to day. But I like to use heart rate as a as a tool afterwards. words. You know, I like to use my, my resting heart rate, especially because I know when my, my, when my resting heart rate is elevated, I know my body is stressed and that I should take it easy. Um, so I, I use heart rate, but I use it as more of a diagnostic thing than I do as a a way to run. So, so you feel like tempo runs help with, with all of your runs. Do you, do you, do you think they help you with all sorts of different paces? Do they help you with one thing in particular? What do you think?
1: Uh, I still am a pretty firm believer that the best, uh, the biggest system in distance running performance is your aerobic system. And I think threshold pace is probably the most efficient way to train and build an aerobic system. You can do a lot of reps. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it probably helps, helps everything.
0: Yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, okay. Well, so what, what, what would your, what do you think your, what do you think your threshold pace is right now? I think mine's uh, probably 610, 60, 605, 610.
1: I'm probably somewhere between 530, 535,
0: I think. Yes. Yeah, currently. That's what, that's what I was figuring. Yeah. You make me, you make me look bad these days. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice that your threshold pace is about a minute slower than your mile time. So if you take your maximum mile, your, your fastest mile, your threshold pace is very often right around a minute slower than that. Um, it it may not always be exactly, but it's pretty close to that. So we've, I've used that a lot, um, to determine what people's, uh, threshold pace needs to be. It's a pretty, pretty good way to do it. If you want to, you want to make it really simple. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes your distances, they're kind of way out of whack. Like, uh, I I guarantee you, if we calculated your threshold pace based on your mile, it's going to be faster than based on your eight K. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you're, you're more of a short distance runner. And so that, that, that makes a difference. So it depends on how you, where you calculate it too. So, um, it, it's all good though. I also think that, uh, threshold runs are really good as a mental booster as well. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you think I'm, they help you from, a, from the mental side? Because it's, they aren't that easy to no, do. It,
1: it's not the hardest workout in the world. It's not the easiest workout in the world. It's something where I can just kind of like turn my brain off and. Plug away at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're getting towards the end of the season, we're getting through a taper and we're just going to be doing, you know, five or six by K at threshold and it feels easy. Um, going into big races, you kind of know you're ready.
0: Well, it does. Yeah. Well, that's true too. But then the other side of that is doing a 30 minute threshold run tends to be pretty hard. Um, so you get, you get kind of that race feeling, right? Because, you know, races are not, are not eight minute intervals. Yeah. You know, and so it, it gives you that chance to, to feel that grind and work on that grind a little bit and relax when it starts to, to, to hurt a little bit. Um, so I, yeah, I think they help us from a mental standpoint as well. Now I think anything longer than 40 minutes is a whole different type of tempo run. Um, I, I don't know about you, but that, that's always been my, I, I think the most efficient tempo work is, is 20 to 30 minutes, um, longer than that. If you're doing repeats so yeah. if you're doing if you're doing repeats, then I think up to forty minutes, I think anything over forty minutes though becomes something a little bit different than than threshold work. Yeah. Now, I know the professionals will do some stuff that's longer than that, and that's fine for them um at their fitness level, um, but for most of us, um I like to keep things around that 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 level of twenty to thirty minutes works really well yep yeah. so yeah I, matter I, of fact well when we used to do tempo runs at uh, in high school. I used to give everybody a different distance to run their tempo run so that everybody finished about the same amount of time because yeah. it was really mo- mostly about how long you ran not how fast you ran right yeah which made sense so and then of course you got to take into account you know terrain wind temperature all that's going to affect your pace that's why I like to do mine on the track because I can compare one tempo run to another if i do them all on the track so i tend to do them that way they're a little bit faster on the track obviously cuz the conditions are controlled but it uh it, but it also helps you to be able to compare them so do you do yours on the track or do you like to do them on the road
1: uh I like to do them on the road. Um, I don't really get a whole lot into the metrics about it. Um, one of the yeah. things, uh, I, I just like to run it on feel most of the time. So like sometimes I'll check my watch. Uh, a lot of times I'll go do 2Ks. We've got a, like a crushed limestone path and you know, am I running 10, 12 seconds slower than I would on the track? Probably, but the effort's there. Um, yeah. so I'm not particularly worried about it, but yeah, I, I, I don't normally like the monotony of doing them on the track unless I absolutely have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the difference between you and I. I like the, I like the being able to check my pace every, every 400 meters and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, don't forget anytime you do any kind of hard work, don't forget to warm up and cool down. Make sure you stretch well. Make sure that you're not running hard too often. You know, I see people that go out there and they are trying to grind it out on the track three, four times a week. You can't do that as bad for your body. Um, one tempo session a week is more than enough. Um, so, so be careful of that. Um, I, I have done some combining of, uh, threshold work too with other stuff. I like to combine yeah. threshold work with hills, for example. Yep. Um, I, because I think they, they complement each other. So to mix it up, listen, if you like what you hear here, um, and you either want to hear more, uh maybe more about your christian faith in addition to some of the stuff that we've talked about um or uh if you just if you want to hear specifically about that kind of thing the run for god run club podcast you know this is this is part of that podcast um but the other side of that coin of uh, we tell people stories um it's fascinating if you like human interest stories and how people's running and their faith intersect. It's, it's really cool. Run for God is a part of Upward Sports. Um, if you're familiar with Upward, um, we have training plans and listen, if you like to have a cheerleading section of people that are encouraging you in your journey, your running journey, um, Run for God run club is a great place to be. So, um, we all say, we all struggle to stay motivated at times. And uh, this is a good way to do it. So, And we can help you get to that next goal, too. Yeah, I think we're developing what might be one of the best training programs anywhere. Um, and I, I really believe that. Now, it's going to be a little time before we get there. But um, when we get there, it's going to be fantastic, the the stuff that we've got for you. So go to runforgod.com uh, to join us if you would like to do that. Go, as always, I love to talk running. And I like to talk running with you in particular cuz you're passionate about it. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm passionate as well. So it's uh that's good. You know when we do that, we've kind of cut out this portion on our regular podcast uh cuz Mitchell's eyes start to glaze over when I start to talk ah. about this stuff. <laughs> yep. So uh so I appreciate your passion for it. And we hope out there you guys listening, we hope that you and your running passion uh, is boosted as well. So, until next time, may God bless every step of every run and/or walk. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.